0: It's Saturday, March the 21st, and this is your Morning Briefing from The Economist. Coming up, market volatility continues and California, New York and Illinois go on lockdown. First, the Week in Brief. Global stock markets made gains on Friday in Europe and Asia after central banks and governments injected funds into financial markets but then fell to a four-year low in America on investors' continued fears of the pandemic. America's Federal Reserve extended its asset purchases to include municipal bonds. The price of Brent crude oil nosed above $30 a barrel briefly before falling again after Russia rebuffed President Donald Trump's offer to intervene in its price war with Saudi Arabia. Federal and state policymakers announced stringent new measures across America to battle the spread of COVID-19. The governors of New York and Illinois told residents to remain inside as much as possible following a similar order issued in California. At the White House, Secretary of State Mike Pompeo said America's borders with Mexico and Canada would be closed to non-essential travelers from Saturday at midnight. Richard Burr, the chairman of America's Senate Intelligence Committee, and three other senators were reported by ProPublica to have unloaded shares before the stock markets tanked, while his fellow Republicans were playing down the virus's threat. Mr Burr asked the Ethics Committee to review the sales worth up to $1.7 million, which he says were guided only by public news reports. Swedish carmaker Volvo said its business in China was showing signs of recovery, offering the beleaguered automotive industry a scintilla of optimism, even as the coronavirus pandemic leads to plant closures in Europe and America. The firm's boss said Chinese factories, dealerships and showrooms were operating at levels not seen since before the outbreak. Netflix, YouTube and Amazon said they would reduce streaming quality in Europe to help ease pressure on internet service providers. Tens of millions of Europeans are practicing social distancing to stem the spread of COVID-19, with more homes streaming more entertainment as a result. The European Union had asked online video services to switch from high- to standard-definition streaming. Latin American countries increased measures to stem the spread of the coronavirus. Argentina imposed a nationwide lockdown until March 31st. Brazil, with over 600 confirmed cases and seven deaths, shut all its borders except the one it shares with Uruguay for two weeks and restricted entry for travellers from European and some Asian countries. And four men convicted of raping and murdering a 23-year-old physiotherapy student on a bus in India in 2012 were hanged Friday at dawn. It was the country's first hanging in five years. The case has led to new anti-rape laws, but critics say little real progress has been made to tackle the country's poor record of crimes against women. And now, here's today's agenda. My Dark Vanessa, an unsettling debut novel. Vanessa Y is 15 years old and at a boarding school in Maine. Jacob Strain is 42 and her English teacher. He puts his hand on her knee. He gives her a copy of Lolita. He was careful with me, Vanessa reflects, 17 years later in 2017, when another former pupil has accused Strain of molesting her. He tried so hard to be good. In Kate Elizabeth Russell's powerful novel, probably this year's most anticipated debut, strains crimes and their consequences unspool in alternating chapters. The mystery at the heart of the book is not whether he will be caught, but whether Vanessa will be. Caught, that is, by the reality of her teenage experience, which, despite all evidence to the contrary, and all the damage it has done to her, she is always regarded as a love story. This unsettling tale of desire, abuse and victimhood justifies the hype. Live culture, entertainment on lockdown. The world may be hankering for distractions from the spectre of COVID-19, but many entertainment options have ground to a halt. Museums and theatres have closed, Coachella has been postponed and Glastonbury cancelled. Sports tournaments have been called off. Luckily, the rise of live streaming has left many cultural institutions well-placed to offer some relief. New York's Metropolitan Opera is hosting nightly filmed performances of past favourites such as Verdi's La Traviata on its website. The Philadelphia Orchestra performed two of Beethoven's symphonies on Facebook Live before disbanding to practice some social distancing of its own. Celebrities including John Legend and Lin-Manuel Miranda are giving impromptu concerts on social media, but these free performances cannot offset the economic cost of the pandemic on the entertainment industry. Some galleries, exhibitions and shows may never reopen. In the meantime, though, artists are striving to keep spirits up live online. Enlightening Children, the Dalai Lama's New Book Tibetan Buddhism's spiritual leader releases his first children's book on Tuesday. The Seed of Compassion is intended to offer young readers lessons about peace and humanity drawn from stories of the Dalai Lama's own childhood. His youth was far from ordinary. When he was two years old, the young Lamo Tondup was plucked from his family farm and proclaimed the reincarnation of the previous Dalai Lama. At six he was immersed in full monastic education and at 15 thrust into global politics when China annexed Tibet. His publishers pitched the book as moral guidance for children in an increasingly confusing world. It is unclear whether the author, who has lived as an exile since 1959, feels that the world has ever been straightforward. At very least, this short meditation on the universalist principle of compassion will prove an easily digestible biographical record of the Dalai Lama's early years. Sporting legend, the history of football. For millions of Britons, the postponement of the Premier League until at least the end of April has left a football-sized hole in evenings and weekends. The English game, released on Netflix yesterday and developed by Julian Fellows, offers fans an opportunity to reflect on the history of the pastime itself. The miniseries is a dramatisation of the early days of football in the late 1870s and 1880s. Mr Fellows, best known for creating Downton Abbey, confesses that he is not madly sporty. Yet here, as in his celebrated period drama, he returns to the theme of class division, now with clashes between public schoolboys and working-class enthusiasts of the game. The show arrives at a time when streaming services are increasingly investing in sport-related content, particularly fly-on-the-wall documentary series about elite teams. The English game has divided critics, yet with few real matches to look forward to at the moment, lovers of sport might enjoy looking back. Spicy Lava Roll, Parasitic Worms in Sushi Sushi, once considered a Japanese oddity, is today a worldwide phenomenon. There are endless colourfully named varieties including dragon, spider and caterpillar rolls. Literal worm rolls, though, would surely be a bridge too far for many diners, but research published this week in Global Change Biology, a journal, has revealed that the prevalence of a sushi-dwelling parasite has increased 283-fold since 1978. Anisakis, or herring worm, is a nematode that grows up to 2 centimeters 0.8 inches long. Despite sushi chefs' best efforts, it can end up in raw or undercooked fish. Anisakis can cause vomiting and diarrhoea, but the worms are mostly harmless to humans. They pose a graver threat to cetaceans, such as dolphins and whales, which are more drastically affected. As possible reasons for the upsurge, the authors cite higher numbers of marine mammals, climate change and agricultural runoff. That may not do much to comfort the world's sushi aficionados. Finally, here's the quote of the day from Chinua Achebe, who died on this day in 2013. If you don't like someone's story, write your own. That's it from The Economist morning briefing, available every weekday and on Saturdays. You can hear interviews and analysis from our journalists, including our current affairs podcast, The Intelligence, by searching for The Economist on your podcast app, or asking your smart speaker to play the latest Economist radio podcast.